0: This week on the Totally Biased Media Podcast, we talk Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD, give our opinions on Pokemon Unite, the PBS finally lays Arthur Aardvark to rest, and more. Stay tuned for another high-def episode of TBM. Jackson
1: Walk Up and this podcast smells nice too.
0: I'm Jason Simmons, but I much prefer to be indulged with my full title. Jason Simmons.
2: I'm Jordan Walk Up. Word up, it's Porky Pig. They call me P double AIG step to me. He don't want no trouble. I was famous before the internet. Since 1935 I've been getting respect. This pig is lit. I'm super legit. Every time I'm out in public, people asking me for pics. You, nobody knows you when you walk the street high your last name rhythm and you still offbeat from beginning to the end i'm here for all the smoke your squad ain't all stars your squad is all jokes in with this one bomb most famous of all quotes this battle is now over that that's all folks
0: that sounds familiar
2: (laughs) (laughs) folks we got another big game review for you all and this time we're going back to 2011 because if there's one thing we love it's going back for games now we're talking about the legend of zelda skyward sword now for those of you who don't know this is a remake of the game from 2011 originally released for the wii and it was built all around being for the wii clearly (laughs) now this is the first game in the legend of zelda franchise chronologically but it's actually like the second most recent release because they take their time with the zelda games so the premise is that all of these people have fled the earth because it's just been destroyed through wars and stuff and now they live on this floating island in the sky you play as this original character named Link. A young man who's just kind of chillin' up in the Sky Village. He's a student at a Knight's Academy. And as he's graduating or moving up a grade or something in the Knight's Academy, there's all this super over-the-top ceremony stuff right after Zelda, the daughter of the Academy's headmaster, and the quote-unquote special friend of Link is lost somewhere on the world below the floating islands, and then Link is chosen by a special sword and a special ghost who lives inside a special sword, and they go on a journey to save Zelda. If this sounds familiar, that's because it's the plot of all the other Zelda games minus the, you know, floating islands. The ghost person. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Hey, there's going to be another... Legend of Zelda game of floating islands. Ooh.
2: True. True. They were really they were predicting the future. <laughs> Their own future, which they then determined.
0: I was honestly thinking that they might have chosen to do Skyward Sword over a game people wanted, uh, just because it it also has floating islands.
2: <laughs> They're setting up that aesthetic before they ever really get into any of the actual gameplay
0: elements. <laughs> No, it, it, it's a shame that they already remade all of the good Legend of Zelda games. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> You're spoiling the review. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's get into that review then. So, what about this game uh, isn't as good as previous Legend of Zelda games, Jason?
0: Well, let me just get the most important thing out of the way. It has the Metroid Prime 3 problem of it's on the Wii, so it has to use motion controls. Uh, And naturally, that doesn't just mean that you use motion controls every once in a while. It means every single combat mechanic and every single puzzle mechanic and literally everything has to be based around motion controls. From From the the beginning of the game until the end of the game.
2: (laughs) This game is 100% motion controlled. Now, they have added button controls to the switch remaster of this game but this game still very clearly was made with motion controls in mind for literally everything these might these might be the worst controls i have seen in a video game like probably in two console generations (laughs) like i
0: think it's probably as good as you can get with the controls still preserving all of the stuff built around motion controls yeah but even where I am at the game, I'm 25 to 26 hours in, somewhere in there, and I'm on the, I believe, the next-to-last dungeon. I, like, I'm, I'm trying to get the Triforce right before the end, where I presumably fight the big bad guy. Um, and I still don't always know what's gonna happen when I hit a button on my controller. <laughs>
2: yeah it's very clunky and inconsistent and just straight up difficult like it's not intuitive at all nothing feels like it's the buttons that they should be
0: that said the motion can or the the button controls do make the hardest boss fight in the game easier because of the fights with Girahim, uh if you're using motion controls then he can tell where your sword's going to come from based on you know where the weir mode is on the screen and stuff like that. Uh, with button controls, it's a lot easier to just uh, hold the stick in one direction and then quickly flick it the other direction <laughs> than it is to move your whole arm across without doing a swing.
2: Yeah. Jackson, what have your experiences been with the controls?
0: It's
1: been about the same. Things just uh, don't work sometimes. <laughs> And then th- things just work too well sometimes. Like uh, there is a mini game in the game where you have to chop a falling bamboo tree as fast <laughs> yeah. as you can, and that is just com- completely broken by the controller controls because you can just keep hitting it in one direction for pretty much ever, and you can get like forty, like over forty hits. I don't know how many you get with using motion controls, but it's just completely broken by that. It is actually so
2: much easier with motion controls. Like, my best was, like, 64 with motion controls, because you can literally just wave, like, the very end of your hand back and forth, and it counts it as full swings. So you can swing, like, several times a second.
0: So it was just already broken. Yeah, it's just inherently uh, a bad Do you guys, do either of you have the upgraded sword? No.
2: I I have, like, the, the longer and double damage thing.
0: Yeah, after you play for a while, you get a longer sword that does double damage. And I think you're supposed to not really be able to do that minigame until you get that sword, but you can just do it with the basic sword. <laughs> yeah. Because if, if you mess up, he recommends you wait until you have a longer sword. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah.
0: Also, I have to say, once you get the master sword, it is ridiculously long compared to the, the basic sword. <laughs> the master sword probably has a good, like, two feet. On the, uh, the default goddess sword.
1: Interesting. <laughs> but also, some attacks, like your special attacks, like your uh, spin attack and like your upwards spin attack, they just don't work well with the controller controls either. Yeah. Because what you're supposed to do is flick it right to left or left to right quickly. No, you're supposed to specifically
0: work. flick it from right to left to right.
2: Yeah, it has to be what? a three-point motion, or it won't go. And, and it,
0: it oh. also has to be in that order. Okay,
1: so never mind. It's not broken. I just don't know how to use well, it's it. Well, it
2: is just a bad system. Like, like it's not great. I mean, once does. you get
0: used to it, I think it's fine. Yeah. I, I don't Doesn't... have problems with stuff like that really anymore. Uh, the issue I run into most often is sometimes it thinks I'm just trying to hold my sword in a direction instead of swing. Yeah,
2: yeah. That is a mm. consistent fight.
0: Which is really weird because sometimes it'll let you do like quick up and down or left right, like whatever hits, you can just like slam the stick as many times as you want to. But then sometimes it'll just be like, I don't have any idea what you're trying to do right now. (laughs) You'll just stand still for some reason.
2: Yeah. So, so controls are, are quite bad in this game. I think that that's just a fair across the board judgment. So... Knowing that, and I'm not saying that shouldn't impact our final scores or anything, but let's sort of separate that concept from the rest of the game. So
0: I wish that we could. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: um... <laughs> like, like let's look. <laughs> not at, what you can do with that. <laughs> let's look at like the world and the style and the story and like that. Let's let's try and look at that without thinking about the controls as much. Um, I mean, try to, of course, again, there, the game is built from the ground up with motion controls in mind. So that's kind of hard to do, but so didn't like the controls at all. Just very difficult to use. Another thing didn't really love (laughs) this game looks very weird, like not necessarily bad per se, just everything looks a little off specifically like characters
1: I don't even think it's, like, that. I think it's just
0: humans. (laughs) Yeah, I I have to agree. I think after how, like, dark and edgy uh, Twilight Princess was, they were kind of trying to overcorrect and create something that's much brighter. And uh, I I guess I would describe it as, like, painterly. mm -hmm. (laughs) that's That's what I would describe the style as, painterly. So you have... Really good-looking environments, in my opinion. But then, as soon as you see anyone's face, it's hideous.
2: Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think part of what it is is they wanted to go for this very stylized, cartoony, I think it's, explosive, it's supposed to be dreamlike, almost. Yeah, like it. Almost, it's almost like they wanted to capture the vibe of Wind Waker, but not the actual visual like they didn't want to go with like character models from wind waker and i think it's just a really weird juxtaposition where you're looking at twilight princess models in the wind waker world and it's just very strange i also just i i don't like the the visual direction they went with link and zelda in this one specifically so that doesn't help that any You heard it the
0: gross. link the link design grows on you um zelda is real bad looking in this game
2: (laughs) jackson and i discussed something really similar right before we started recording
0: i
1: actually uh i disagreed but i've also put in a good bit less time than you guys i think i've i've done the first two dungeons and i got up to the third area in the game so i haven't seen zelda in like eight hours or so (laughs) and i've just seen link i still think link is hideous might be wrong about zelda she might be hideous i didn't really think any of it (laughs) Uh, well, but my boy, Groose
0: <laughs> Groose is a god among and men And his friends
1: <laughs>
2: Gruce Gruce might be the most unsettling is... character ever And I love it
0: Gruce is perfect, perfect actually, I would say <laughs> Well, that's why he's unsettling yeah. you're, It's like you're looking at the face of God <laughs> A perfect man In an imperfect world <laughs> Groose is truly The picture of Masculinity And, and just all around perfection.
1: Alright, but can I introduce you to the Goose's friends? Bowl cut one
0: and bowl cut two. They're also I know one bad. of them is named, like, Colin, <laughs> but it it's like C-A-W-L-I-N. Yeah. His name is Colin. <laughs> Uh, and then the other one likes bugs or something. Maybe something they might both. Effect. It might just be Colin is the one that likes bugs. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> I think it's the tall, skinny one. <laughs> yeah. I know that there's a side quest where uh, one of Gruesa's friends gives you a love letter for another student at the academy, uh, and instead you can give it to a ghost that lives <laughs> in a toilet. <laughs> Heck
2: yeah. It's yeah. Gotta find that. So let, let's get into the side missions and stuff, because this is I this is one of the weaker titles overall in the Legend of Zelda franchise. But I think it's actually the first one where I've like really enjoyed the side missions. Even if not necessarily in practice, like the narrative side to them has been pretty good for the most part. Like I've I've done a lot more with that than most games. Like Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, like, I would totally skip over the side stuff almost every time I played them. Whereas this one, I've actually, like, felt enthused to actually do, like, all the side content as it's come up.
0: Well, I did most of the side content because I wanted to get the gratitude crystals so I could get a bigger wallet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are there are also just some straight-up in-game incentives to do them, which, which help a lot, of course.
0: The whole thing I... where your wallet can only hold 300 rupees in the beginning is super annoying. Yeah. It's also dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's dumb I, I do and like bad has, and annoying. <laughs> your solution is just to go buy more wallets. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I do love that it's never a bigger wallet. It's just more wallets.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, you can get bigger wallets by doing the, uh, the side missions with those gratitude crystals. Yeah. Like, the last wallet you get holds 9,000 rupees by itself. Hmm. So at the end, you can hold, like... You have one 9,000 rupee bag, and then you have three 300 rupee bags. Yeah. (laughs) But this man just carries four wallets everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Three very small ones and one very large
2: one, like a normal person.
1: I mean, I do have to say, he's not carrying, like, dollars. He's carrying full-on gems. (laughs) If you're finding a bunch of, like, one-rupee gems or five-rupee gems, that's going to weigh up after a while.
0: How big do you guys think rupees are? Yeah, if they're the size that they appear in the world, then you can only hold, like, five.
2: <laughs> yeah, and even that would be pushing it. I'm I'm picturing that that's just, like, their overworld representation, that they're actually the size of, like, U.S. coins. I mean, thicker, it's of actually course.
1: A, um, it's actually a metaphor for the, uh, the value of money in real life being a, a large value, that is.
0: What? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you trying to make some kind of weird political (laughs) statement about the economy? I was
1: trying to make a very dumb joke, and I did not deliver it well at all, because I could not realize
0: what words I need to use. Anyways. I like to think that every rupee is about the size of a dime.
2: Yeah, I could see that.
0: Um, You could probably hold, like, a hundred or so in your hand pretty easily. This man, he holds ten bombs at a time. Are we really going to talk about the the rupees he's carrying he carries bombs and occasionally falls into lava eh. and he lives sometimes it only You don't don't take damage from falling off of things in this like
2: not all the time sometimes yeah. but not always
0: <laughs> if, if you fall forever you you never take damage as far as i can tell yeah which is it's interesting cuz you think you'd have there there's such like a vertical aspect to this game it's kind of weird that they decided not to have fall damage or anything like that.
2: Yeah. And even then, like, you you have your, um, your glider to help with, like, long falls. But even then, that will automatically deploy most of the time.
0: The fact that it automatically deploys is really lame. Yeah. <laughs> it also is... This game... I was going to talk about this later, but I'm going to go ahead and get into it now. This game has no respect for your time.
2: No, not at everything
0: all. in the game takes entirely too long. Every time you go into a dungeon or even just a new area, it's like, all right, let me pull up your map, and it's like, okay, this is the part of the map that got that got you know unblocked now that you can see it, and then it zooms in, and it's like, all right, this is what that part of the map looks like.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then it
0: zooms in again, and it's like, this is the room you're in. And then the compass orientates, which sometimes it'll already be pointing north and you still have to sit there for an extra little bit. And it's like, this is the way you're facing. <laughs> and it's like, I don't have time for all this.
2: It's not even just like the incessant nagging from Fee as a character and like the over explanation of mechanics. It's like, it was so much
0: worse in the Wii version.
2: Oh yeah, I've, she is so toned down. Yeah, I've heard that this game actually cuts a lot of time from the overall runtime just because Fee is not Fee does not over explain things, and I'm assuming that's because the original was so like mechanically burdensome that they didn't want to like throw on a lot of extra stuff without a thorough explanation. But it really doesn't need it, like. I could see a version of the game that overexplains explains the stuff being good for like younger players, but it kind of makes it feel like it thinks everyone playing this game is a moron sometimes. <laughs> also, it's not just like that stuff, like the actual actions you have to do in this game are also incredibly tedious and time consuming for no reason sometimes too. For example, there was a part where I was exploring about... Seven or eight hours in, I think it was like the, I think it was right before the second dungeon. I saw an item laying on the ground and I thought, oh, I know where that goes. I should take that with me so I can take it back to base and do something with it. Wouldn't let me pick it up. So I was just Mm -hmm. like, well, okay, I might be misunderstanding. Maybe it's just like random environmental wreckage or whatever. So I leave, do the dungeon. A couple hours later in the story, it's like, oh, we need this item. Wherever could it be? And me as the player, I'm sitting there thinking like, I know exactly where it is. I just saw it a couple hours ago. Let's go get it. And it's like, first we must find a way to track it down. Go talk to this person. And that person's like, go talk to this person. And that person's like, I will do this for you, but you must bring me this item. All for them to just turn around and be like, okay, here's a way to find the item you already found a couple hours ago and it can go pick up. Like, it was just, it was like, Almost two hours of game time for the most unnecessary thing I think I've done in a video game in like a very, very long time.
0: Yeah, I feel that. To play Devil's Advocate, they do specify that you can't pick it up. They yeah. carry it with you. So you did need to go back and like find someone who could carry it for you. Right. On the other hand, I felt the exact same way. Oh. I was yeah, I was
1: wondering what that was when I found it. Yeah.
2: You will have to go back and get it later, and it's going to be a whole thing. (laughs) Uh. Now, here's the part about this game that's incredibly complicated for me. Is that this game does not handle well. It doesn't look great. It does not have any respect for your time. But I actually, like, really enjoy this game. Sometimes. I would. I really enjoy this game most of the time.
0: <laughs> I think Zelda games are just good enough, and uh, as weird as it sounds, because it's such like a an often copied kind of idea, I just think that the gameplay and everything behind a Zelda game is kind of unique. Yeah, that even if it's a bad Zelda game, it's still a good game.
2: <laughs> and I think that this, like, even compared to other Zeldas, I think this one actually has like especially good moments. Like, I think the dungeon designs are incredibly well thought out. And some of the actual, like, puzzles you have to solve are genuinely good puzzles, which is something that I think is a make or break for any game in this, even, even close to this genre. And, like, I think it's genuinely a good game, even by its own series standards. It's just that 40% of the time you are doing the most insufferable nonsense imaginable.
0: <laughs> well, it's a good game still, right? Yeah. But the problem is the games that came out around it are Twilight Princess, which is my favorite Zelda game, and Breath of the Wild.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which is my favorite Zelda. Which game. is
0: just I I would say overall is the best Zelda game. Yeah. So, I
2: mean, I like I still like Wind Waker the best, but that's also because it came out when I was like nine, <laughs> and that was sort Wind of Waker's, the ideal.
0: Wind Waker is probably a better game than Twilight Princess, but like I played a lot of Twilight Princess because I had it when it came out. Yeah, so.
2: no, it was exactly the same way with win- me with Wind Waker. That like like I love the Minish Cap, a game that most people have forgotten exists just because I happened to be like super into Game Boy Advance games when it came out, and it was the only good Game Boy Advance. Zelda for a while. (laughs) So.
0: I would definitely say, if we're counting main series titles, this is the worst game to come out since 2000. That said, it's still a really good game. Yeah. It's just. It's weird because there's so many things that I hate. I have, like, so many bad things to say about it, but then, like, when I'm not doing one of those things, I'm having a great time.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think that once you get past the garbage, you enter a new dungeon, fee gives you an overcomplicated explanation of very simple things. Like from that moment for the next couple of hours, it's going to be awesome.
1: The only times that I found myself enjoying the game like 100% of the time are the dungeons. They were really fun, but when it comes to the overworld stuff, it's it's hit or miss.
0: I hated the first dungeon.
1: I mean, I didn't think it was great because it was based around motion controls a good bit. They all are. Yeah, that doesn't change. Yeah, but like, it didn't really lend itself too well to uh, the controller controls. The second one did because most of its motion controls was just like moving a rock in lava.
2: (laughs) I think they genuinely get better as you go. Like... So far, my favorites have been the more recent ones. Like, I've I've done five of the seven dungeons, and I think my favorites were the fourth and fifth one. This game actually has a good underwater dungeon. Like, that's something that has never been good in any other Zelda game.
0: Well, something that's kind of important to note is the game doesn't give you what I would really consider to be a proper combat tutorial until the end of the first dungeon.
2: True. And it sticks you in a bad situation to learn.
0: Yeah, Well, the first fight with Girahim or Girahim, whatever it is, like, that's when you actually learn how to fight in Skyward Sword. So all the combat up until then is incredibly tedious. Yeah. (laughs) And honestly, the way I got through most of the combat, and even for a little bit after the first dungeon before I kind of realized, was just wildly swinging my sword, and eventually the enemies would die.
2: See, I just went the route of, I just didn't even bother trying to swing. If I could just parry them, I would do that instead.
0: I, I didn't really bother parrying until I got the the fully upgraded spirit shield, or goddess shield, hmm. whatever it's called. Because um, I didn't want my shield to break. But then I realized that if you parry successfully, it doesn't do any damage to your shield, so. Yeah, and it's whatever. pretty
2: generous with the timing on that.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I mean generally the way the combat works is they'll guard in one direction and you need to attack from the opposite direction. And it doesn't really make that super clear yeah. in the, the actual tutorials. Well, and it's also
2: not it's not super intuitive. Like if some like in the game an enemy will block to the right, what it looks like they are doing is just blocking vertical. So you would think that the way to hit them would be to swing vertical when it literally is if they are blocking the right, you need to swing in from the left. Like that's all you can do. Like even if you swing in a direction they wouldn't possibly block, they will just because it's not the way it wants you to. And they are, they are absurdly good at blocking stabs, something that is notoriously difficult to do. So like I don't get what's happening there at all. <laughs> You should really just be able to run up and stab these guys as they're just, like, holding a, a sword off to a side waiting to block.
0: My favorite way to do combat is to run into enemies, and while they're doing their animation where they're like, Hey, it's Link, I'll stab them, and that'll <laughs> that'll normally kill them yeah. before they actually pull their weapon out.
2: Yeah, especially once you get the sword damage upgrade.
0: It, it's nice, once you get, like, the true master sword near the end. Uh, You know those the plants that have the four sections on their mouth instead of the two? Yeah. You can take them out one hit. Nice, <laughs> nice. I hate those enemies. They're incredibly tedious because what they'll do is they'll they'll close their mouth really quickly when you're going to attack them sometimes, and it's just a hassle. <laughs> it, it wastes your time so much. It's like the enemy's not going to do anything because it's so weak and slow, but you just have to sit around so much for them to do stuff. I think they're called, like, Quadrababas.
2: There's just, there's a lot of enemies in this game that are just, they want you just to sit and wait and see. And I don't love that.
1: I just feel like all the combat, just, all the combat feels kind of tedious. Like, with the Boko Goblins, like, I feel like they can change their guard way too quickly. Yeah, Like, you can, like, they can, they can switch to guarding their right and, like, you go the swing um, from the left, like, immediately after, and they can already switch their guard. <laughs> yeah. And they they do that all the time.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think they want to have some difficulty to it, right? Because if it was always just attack from the opposite direction, it'd get kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> Once you figure it out.
2: Not that it's super interesting, even what they went with, but... But it's definitely better than just standing there waiting for a hit from a certain direction.
0: That said, once you the Jirahim fight really kind of elucidates how you're supposed to do combat in the game. Uh, I think he has the most reactions in that fight to different types of sword swings, and the way he'll like grab your sword if you attack his where his hand is is pretty cool. Um, the second fight with him is much better and much harder, and it kind of shows. It's really good at showing like how much you've gotten better playing the game and also how powerful the enemy really is because i didn't think he was he he wasn't doing anything in that first fight like it wasn't very hard once you kind of figured it out but the second fight was like actually difficult and i think it's a it's a really fun fight once you get to it
2: now speaking of boss fights i it's weird to, it's weird to talk about with this game because i think that visually And stylistically, there are some very cool bosses. But I have fought what I'm assuming are five of the seven major bosses. And mechanically, uh, four of them have been absolute garbage. Like, incredibly easy to fight, super telegraphed moves, not a lot of variety in what you're doing. One boss, uh, very, very cool.
0: Almost all of the boss fights in this game are garbage, except for the ones with Jirahim because his boss fights are actually about using what you've learned, whereas the other boss fights are all about use the tool you got most recently. I do really like the aesthetics of all the dungeons. Um, I think they, they look really <laughs> yeah. good.
2: Yes, I think they look great. I, I did not play much I of stole this a game copy when it released and I was thinking about guys? it the whole I, time I don't think of I've playing asked
0: it. Like, I should probably give that back. But also, it's been probably, yeah... <laughs> and i I haven't talked to him in quite a while so i think it'd be kind of weird if i just went up and was like here's your copy of skyward sword
1: (laughs) (laughs) see when it originally came out i was like seven or so yeah not so uh naturally i didn't know how video games work and i not even until like i don't know a few years later a little before breath of the wild came out that i learned um there, there was a ground area. Hmm. There, it wasn't just sky.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that I played... I think I played through the first dungeon on the Wii. And, like, it wasn't that I disliked it or that I had any major gripes, because I'm sure that 10 years ago I had horrible taste and was probably just loving the fact that I could swing a sword at things. But I don't think that I... I think it was just, it came pretty late in the Wii's life cycle, yeah, it's and I really wasn't the, playing much I of the actually, Wii at I think all I'm those last couple of years.
0: I think when I played it, I didn't leave Skyloft, and I was just like, nah, this isn't for me.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, this isn't something that I think should necessarily impact our scores, but I think that there is a lot about this game that doesn't quite click in its own right but really set up a lot of great things for breath of the wild like playing this now after playing breath of the wild which is probably the most i've played any zelda game by a, a huge margin i can see a lot of inspirations that were not in previous zelda games yeah, that were added kind of in skyward sword and then were instrumental in breath of, of linear the wild
0: dungeon design. Not that they completely got rid of it. Because the the dungeons in this game are... They're plenty yeah. linear. Uh, but I would say that they're... They're less linear than what you saw in Twilight Princess, at least.
2: I think it was also them experimenting with some more traditional RPG elements that Legend of Zelda had kind of stayed away from. Like, it really wasn't until the last two games that i would really think of legend of zelda as being an rpg at all and then this time around you have upgrading equipment you have some crafting you have you know ways to sort of improve Link's chances that are not just get better gear as the story progresses like there was a little more there were more options to sort of play the character the way you wanted instead of just a flat this is link and this is what he does and it's still telegraphed out by like what gear you get and when but it definitely feels very different from the earlier games because everything up everything before this point kind of felt the same in that regard like there wasn't a whole lot of customization. There wasn't a whole lot of options. Everything had to be done the right way. Yeah. Whereas this one feels uh, a kind little of speaking more of experimenting. Experimental. Though. One
0: thing I that guess. I really noticed playing this game uh, is Breath of the Wild is more about giving you the tools and then just kind of setting you free and letting you do whatever you want with the tools. Skyward Sword, and well, really almost all the Zelda games prior to Skyward Sword. Gives you the tools and tells you this is how you can use the tool, and this is the only way you can use the tool. And going back to that from Breath of the Wild was pretty rough. (laughs) Because there's like items you get, like the whip, where I feel like the whip should be. Yeah. I feel like it should be able to do more than what it does. There are a few enemies that you can like do stuff with. I feel like it should be. You should be able to use it to like take weapons from enemies and stuff like that and just most of the time it just doesn't do anything if you hit an enemy
2: well the fact that the whip and the hook shot are two completely separate items shows that neither one is really doing what it should <laughs> like those should be kind of one and the same but it's really just like Whip is for swing on thing. Hookshot is for I hook do really on like thing. the hook shots in this. And that's the, the claw all shots. you do with either of them. Um, yeah, probably the most the wind fun item cool. so far, in my opinion. Is this where Although, I really it's from like in the Smash Brothers? <laughs> yes, it is. I actually looked that up because I hate that item in Smash Brothers. It is an absolute nuisance. And I was like... Oh, and it comes uh, from a game that really was I, I do like very the claw good. shots,
0: though. <laughs> uh, it's a shame that nice. Breath of the Wild doesn't have, like, a hook shot or a claw shot. That's always been one of my favorite weapon, or favorite, you know, items in a Zelda game. And I've always kind of thought they were kind of iconic to the character. And the fact that yeah. it's just not in Breath of the Wild at all is very strange to me.
2: Yeah. They were always one of the coolest items, even in, like, the top-down 2D Zeldas. So it is sort of a, a strange addition. I, I think we could definitely see some more inspiration from previous games going into this Breath of the Wild sequel that's on the horizon, though. But, uh, you know, I think we'll have it we'll by 2023. In about Maybe six in years 2023. When that game finally I guess we'll
0: have it by 2024 is more what I meant to say.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, one thing that was sort of new to this game was sort of a means of traversal that isn't walk to this location, and everything about this game is built around these floating islands and flying on your big old bird friend. So, first off, what did the you bird guys is think hideous. of that? And like, how do you think? I don't know
0: why the they game. decided to base it off of like I think it's like spoon built <laughs> <quite> stork. Bad. <laughs> or shoe bill
2: It's a shoebill stork which is my favorite animal by the way. These things are incredible. I don't know in why they based it off that. And they make it look like incredibly valium, stupid like in Like bur- like any
0: of the bird of prey. Why does it have to be storks at all?
2: Well, I think it's the delivery side of it. Like they are well, I do wanna, carrying.
0: Story-wise things. it's but special appearance because it has a crimson loft wing. Um, I don't think there are that many people that have the same color of Loftwing. Yeah, I can't think of any colors that are repeated, though, There are from many what people. I saw of all the Loftwings, other than just random ones flying around in the air. So, like, what's so special about Link having a red one, or a crimson one, when, like, Zelda has a blue one, and I don't think anyone else has a blue <laughs> one that looks quite like that. isn't it- isn't the Crimson one... No, it's just that Crimson ones like that the are crimson rare one and they the don't like people crimson ones ever But, like, I don't know why they chose Crimson. And I, I I think that they should have made the other Loft Wings look more similar to each other instead of... I, I just don't think there's enough making the Crimson Loft Wing really stick out other than it's red. It's kind of weird. I think flying around is incredibly... This kind of goes back to what I was yeah. saying earlier. It's very yeah. tedious. It takes forever. Like... I think it's fun uh, because there's like a boss battle you do in midair. And I thought that boss battle was kind of cool. But generally, I just think flying around is tedious.
2: (laughs) It just takes too long. Like, I think if the bird went twice the speed, and maybe if you had a way to like jump all the way across the map, like to a certain checkpoint or something, I think it would be fine. Because, like, mechanically, I think it, it is fun, but you do too much of it and it just takes too long. Well, there's, also there's a lot of stuff in this game that just le, would be uh, fun if it didn't take long. Where you go so on them
0: and do. then you have to return to the sky and fly to a different area to get some random item and then fly back. And it's like, why can't there just be some kind of fast travel? Like, it's just so tedious. And on top of that, you can only go into the sky from save points. Unless, of course, you wanted to shell out the extra money to buy the Amiibo, because uh, if you got that Zelda and Loftwing Amiibo for the game, it would just let you take <laughs> off into the sky from anywhere and also return back to the point where you use the Amiibo. That would have been very useful. <laughs> and it's dumb that they added that feature and they were like, let's lock it behind a toy Yeah, that most people won't even be able to get.
2: A lot of Amiibo content sucks, but this is just like straight well, up Well, I don't mind it in most misuse. games, because like, in Breath
0: really of the Wild, for this. example, it's just cosmetics. And I like those cosmetics, but it's like, well, I guess if I want them, then I have... There's at least a physical toy to go with this, uh, what is essentially a microtransaction. <laughs> but this is just straight up locking a feature in the game behind a toy. <laughs> and like in Breath of the Wild, the armor you got from the Amiibos wasn't even good. The only good thing you could really get from an amiibo was Epona, and I think if you had the Wolf Link amiibo, you could just straight up have Wolf Link follow you around and help you in combat, but.
1: Another thing I want to mention about the flying is that you can't invert the flying controls without also inverting the swimming controls, and I think there was another control that would also be inverted by that, and I don't know what it is. All I know is I don't want to invert swimming controls too.
2: Yeah, that'll be good. So not only is traversing uh, on your bird sort of this open map where you can just drop onto islands and everything. This is also the first game in the series to really have sort of an open world feel. Like everything is still sort of linear, but you you can definitely cover a lot more ground. In the order you choose than previous games, and I personally think that lends a lot to the whole feel of the game. But I think it also creates sort of the, one of the game's biggest well, problems. For some in reason, that it just it
0: um, takes um, so I might have long just to get it. anywhere. Other than stamina potions, there's no way to make yourself run faster or longer. So you have like a much bigger world space than what you normally would Not see in Zelda tell. game. I mean, kind of. We'll discount Wind Waker here because that I would say that's the most open-world Zelda game. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. and, and when you're in the sky, I would say yeah. it takes a lot of cues from Wind Waker, where it's a it's a lot of tiny islands kind of dotting the landscape, and also where you can fly. Absolutely. It's it's in 3D, which is pretty cool because you'll have some islands that are you know super high up and others that are pretty low to the clouds. Um, but just. When you're walking around on the land, the maps are much bigger as well. And it's just so slow. Because you can only run for like eight seconds, and then you have to you have to walk for a little bit to let your stamina recharge, and there's no way to extend your stamina gauge other than drinking stamina potions. Which is only temporary. And it's... It's not
2: too bad your first time in a new area because you genuinely have like the sense of exploration to sort of bolster you know the interest in being there but this game has way more backtracking than other zelda games and at that point when you're just running back through an area just with slightly tougher enemies i basically have the map of Farron woods
0: memorized at this point (laughs) Just because of how often you have to backtrack and run around the woods again for a little bit throughout the game.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a lot of Zelda talk. So let's uh, let's bring it on home, Jackson. Give us give us your your recap.
1: So a lot of this game is good. Dungeons are good. The bosses aren't so great. Uh, a lot of the overworld stuff is okay. The, the, a lot of this game is just brought down, in my opinion, by the awful controls. Because, like, you don't want to play a game that has, like, bad controls. It makes it hard to play. And that's, like, that's kind of made me not play much of this game. Like, I probably have the most free time of anyone on this podcast since I am a teenager and don't have a job. And I have played the least of it, just because... That's the only reason. I simply didn't want to play it, because I didn't like how the game played.
2: Do make it hard to, like, motivate I do think that these controls game, are the best are they could really enjoying. do so I, with giving I button
0: it. controls to a game that's completely based around motion control.
1: If using the controls 10 hours in still feels tedious, and makes you want to put the game down they're not good controls
2: <laughs> yeah we're not we're not arguing that
1: <laughs> but other than that i think it's some interesting world design they're not exactly like the best layout for some of the areas uh i i do not like Farron woods the entire part of finding the korok knockoffs kind of sucks but other than that i mean story-wise it's a legend of zelda game it's always the same story
0: <laughs> Um, well even more than just always to being the same story this game is supposed to be retroactively the prototype for that story right because um, this whole this whole game story is based around this this yeah. is a prequel like this is the first time this has happened
2: <laughs> mm-hmm you it know. is interesting to think that this game is the first that takes place in in the series, but it's still after this like world destroying war. Who that wants sets to see the stage that? for everything? We still every time I think about the Zelda timeline, timeline.
0: I just remember that at one Not point me. it split into three different timelines, and they couldn't decide which one they wanted Breath of the Wild to take place in, so they just said it was all of them.
1: Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
2: When they talk about like the hero of legend or whatever, they're talking about this version of Link.
0: I never thought about that. This Link is so lame.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like this is the hero of legend that they talk about in every other Zelda game. This is by far the least cool Link in the entire series. (laughs) One of them is like 12. (laughs) One of the Links is 12 and he's somehow significantly cooler than this guy. Okay,
2: but Jason, why don't you give us your final, final recap?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I I have pretty much the same complaints that Jackson did with the controls. You kind of get used to them the more you play, and it it really, it's not too bad once you're 20 hours into the game, (laughs) as weird as that sounds. And I know that's not like a, I'm not trying to excuse it, I'm just saying it it does eventually, you do get used to it eventually. Um, I think the game, the character models, and the people, and especially Zelda, look, Really bad. Uh, I do not do not like the game very much from an artistic standpoint, uh, for for characters at least. I really do think that it's created some beautiful scenery. I think that each area has its own kind of unique look to it, and it everywhere everywhere you go looks
1: good. I was really hoping you were just going to leave it at. I don't really like the game very much.
0: Um, I mean that said, I played a lot of the game this week. Mostly because I I wanted to beat it before we did this podcast. But unfortunately, I decided not to start it until, like, Saturday last week. And I have a (laughs) full-time job, so that didn't happen. (laughs) Frankly, I'm surprised I got as far as I did. Uh, But I had a lot of fun throughout. I I think it's really good. I think the story's passable. Uh, One thing we didn't really mention, and this kind of goes into the character models, is uh, there's a whole bunch of scenes where you play a harp and the harp is probably the lamest instrument in the entire legend of Zelda series. Because if you think about like Ocarina of time or the wind waker, I I don't, I don't know. Is that what the baton is called? The wind waker in that game? I couldn't remember for sure. Like when you play those instruments, there's actually something to it. When you're playing the harp, it's just, you just move the stick or your hand. If you're playing with motion controls, it's super lame. (laughs) And it doesn't really feel like there's any rhyme or reason to the way you move it. Because there isn't. The game doesn't care (laughs) that much. Yeah. There's sometimes when you have to match a circle. And that's really the hardest that it ever gets playing the harp. Which is really lame. And on top of that, Fee will sing with you while you're playing the harp. And it looks like something out of a... uh, (laughs) Like one of those videos that people make with the Source film engine. (laughs) That's
2: exactly what I was picturing with it too. the mouth was moving so much when they were saying so little and their moves were so blocky.
0: Yeah, the cutscenes in this game uh, if it uses something that looks like a human, it looks like something you could have thrown together in Source Filmmaker. It's horribly animated. Uh, that said that sometimes there'll be a dragon, and the dragon is beautifully animated, and it it's a huge juxtaposition. But on top of that, when Fee's singing, like he doesn't... <laughs> I guess it's partially where there's no real texture to her. Like, he's just supposed to be glossy. Um, it just it looks so weird. And then there's no sound coming out of her, obviously. Because Zelda games don't care about where sound comes from. They just care that there is sound. Yeah. <laughs> um, those were just some things I wanted to point out that I didn't think we're were worth spending too too much time on. It's very weird. Uh, but overall I really enjoyed my time with the game so far. I do plan on going back and beating it. Maybe not tonight like I had originally planned, <laughs> but at least in a few days or so. So I, I think I I could probably give this game I, I'd say seven seven point five.
2: I think it's hard to disagree with everything you guys were saying about, you know, controls and visuals. I think that earlier <laughs> I said that this game is is a very good game 60% of the time and 40% of the time it is absolute garbage. I think that generally speaking, that 60% of the time is enough fun to make up for a lot of the things that I disliked about the game. And thankfully, a lot of the tediousness is kind of like grouped together where if you can just get through like, This one hour of the game, it will be fun again. So that's really not a problem. But taking out, you know, the bad controls and just the unnecessary bloat, I think there are still the bones of a very good Legend of Zelda game here. And I think that there are moments that actually feel like high points for the whole series. There's not enough of them to say it's like on par with the greats. But like, honestly, when they first announced this game was getting remade, just didn't even phase me. Like I thought like, it's a low point for the series. It's gonna be weird controls, like not that, not that enthused about it. But the closer I got to it, I was thinking more like, well, this is the one Zelda game I never even really gave a shot. Like, you know, this could be fun just to see what it is. And like, in a lot of ways, I've actually enjoyed it a lot more than I expected. Like, I think that some of the dungeons are fantastic. Some of the puzzle logic is very, very cool. It makes you feel like you're actually solving something, which I I really enjoyed. It could do without probably 10 hours of the game, as far as I can tell. But what is good is very good. So I think I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10.
0: That's it. You heard it here first. Our final review. I didn't remember what Jackson's review was. Six. So I don't know, like, six point. I don't know. Math?
2: Let's find out. Six plus six point five plus seven point five divided by thirty point three. Or six point six it's
0: six point five. Six point six repeating. Okay, well let's round it down to a six point five That seems fair. <laughs> Partially because that's the score I actually gave it. <laughs> uh I will say to add on to my review, um if you're going to play a three D Legend of Zelda game, pick one of the other ones. Any of the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> Liter- this is this is in my opinion, the worst three D Zelda game by a pretty big margin. I think
2: this is the worst game in one of the best franchises in gaming history. (laughs) It's still a good game. Okay, well, we've already talked far too long about The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with all the big headlines in the world of movies and television and video games. (laughs) everybody we are back with our first official tb mini sometimes you want to review a game or a show or a movie or whatever but it doesn't necessarily merit an entire half of an episode to talk about and we got the perfect example of that this week with timmy studio and the pokemon company's pokemon unite this is a brand new moba set in the pokemon universe where instead of the pokemon fighting to the death they fight to the death and play basketball
1: it's true they fight to the death but there's 10 of them this
2: game is what's called a moba or a multiplayer online battle arena uh probably most famous in this genre would be league of legends and much like league of legends this game is not well loved (laughs) But for very different reasons. So, Jackson, why don't you start us off this time? What do you think of Pokemon Unite?
1: I'm going to go ahead and say, I did not play much of this at all. I think I maybe played five matches. Because after the third match, I was like, Hey, I'm not feeling this. I'll play a few more. And then I played two more. And I was like, yeah, this is enough for me. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... I guess it's what you would expect to find out of MOBA. I don't know, I've never (laughs) played another MOBA before, but essentially it's two teams of five competing to, uh, you know, defeat the other team by scoring the most points, which you get points by killing random Pokemon found around the map that'll give you points that you you then deposit into an enemy's goal. And that, you know, that, that gives you points Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but I think if you kill an enemy and they have points, you get their points. You at least get
0: some of
2: them. It it is a weird system, and it's not always consistent how many of them you will get. I haven't quite gotten my head wrapped around that part of it. But yeah, the gist of it is both teams go out, kill some wild Pokemon, try and take those points, deposit into the team's goal. Other team tries to stop them while getting their own points and taking them back to their goal. So, like, it's a pretty straightforward system as far as, like, the combat goes and what you're actually trying to do in it but like my first my first interactions with this game were actually pretty positive they like, had gotten to a couple of matches and was actually having a good bit of fun with it because it's very straightforward and it's very simple but there's still a lot of strategy in terms of like how pokemon complement each other and knowing when to focus on what things and there are some other mechanics that throw in like there are like stronger wild pokemon that spawn sometimes that can change the tide of battle and like like there's actually some cool stuff at play here but the simplicity of it also burns it out very quickly like i've i've actually played a decent amount of this like at least several hours but i feel like i've already kind of learned the ins and outs of the game which seems weird in a game like this where a lot of it would be like strategizing
1: usually if i like it or not ends up being uh by how much i win Fair. uh and i i i won most of the matches i played to this me and jordan played a match where our team scored like a thousand and something to like 70 and even during that match i was still like yeah i guess this
0: yeah i played maybe 15 matches i think uh and i won every single one of them uh, and I still don't like MOBAs, even when I'm winning. I just think that <laughs> it takes the MOBA idea. like It's similar to games like League of Legends, Dota, Heroes of the Storm. But it takes out most of the strategy that kind of makes the game interesting. Uh, it, it feels like in trying to make the game more approachable for children, it just became incredibly boring, in my opinion. I kind of feel like that's just how non-main-series
1: Nintendo games are,
2: yeah, in my mean, opinion.
1: that's a pretty universal thing. Uh, I mean, but Nintendo is usually more, like, child-friendly, not in the sense of, like, themes and stuff, but in the sense of, like, gameplay and mechanics, too. So I
0: can kind of understand that. You just brought up something interesting, in that Nintendo is so stingy with their licenses, uh, but it always seems like when they give their license to some, like, third-party outside of Nintendo... That third party makes garbage.
1: <laughs> maybe that's why they're stingy with it.
0: Well, maybe if they just tried giving it to a good company one time, maybe a good game will come out of it. Who made uh, this game? Timmy Studio Group, which is a subsidiary of, of uh, Tencent. Yeah, Tencent. Where did that?
2: They did League of Legends. This game, it's already not great, but what really turned me completely against it was finding out just how aggressively pay to win it is you can give yourself just tremendous advantages in battle by putting in real money and it's probably the worst i can remember in any multiplayer centric game before like you can make yourself something like 40 percent stronger just by putting in real money and putting it into these like passive items your characters carry with them, it's it's not great.
0: Yeah, it's horribly balanced. Oh yeah, uh, between that and then there's there's characters like Aura, who are just straight up significantly better than every other character in the game. It's by the same people that made League. You think that they would have some semi- idea? Well, well, Tencent also owns Riot, so. Uh, you think that Tencent would be able to put Timmy Studio Group in contact with Riot so that they could kind of discuss like how you balance a game like this. Yeah. You have this big parent company that owns one of the largest MOBA IPs in the world, and then you also have a new MOBA with the largest IP in the world. You think that you would put them in contact with each other to make sure that you have a good game, but yeah, it's... no, it's horribly balanced. It's not very fun. There's not too much to do. Outside of fighting.
2: There are only two like distinct game modes right now. And they're still fundamentally the same,
0: it's just ones on a smaller scale. So I believe there's there's only one map, right? Yeah. It only is one map? Yeah. Only one map. Why did they even release this
1: game? They shouldn't have even released this game yet.
2: (laughs) They've already added a DLC character which shows like they're being pretty haphazard about what did and didn't make it into the 1.0 release and
0: you have to assume that anything that comes out before like three months after the game comes out is already done
2: well that i think that's plenty of talk about this game i mean i definitely wanted to get in a couple honestly i wanted to get in a couple cheap jabs at it before we got into the headlines so pokemon
0: unite play it or avoid it i'm saying avoid it
2: I'm saying, I'm saying, wait until it's on sale.
0: (laughs) Wait until this free game is on sale, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) That's the only time it'll be worth it.
2: Yeah. Nah, this game, it's bad. I don't think we should give it, I don't think we should give these mini reviews a 10 out of 10 score, but just saying, like, this one's a thumbs down is enough.
0: (laughs) That's why I was saying, play it or avoid it. Yeah. This is an avoid, though. Yeah absolutely tbm officially says avoid pokemon unite (laughs) anybody who disagrees can send us an email
2: please send us
0: emails
2: (laughs) okay well we've made it through legend of zelda skyward sword we've made it through pokemon unite so, let's get into the big headlines of the week. First up, we got <sighs> potential delays on Horizon Forbidden West.
0: whereas as I call it, Horizon One Dawn.
2: I don't think this is super surprising. This is a AAA, no. big-budget studio, big-studio game that was coming out the year that a pandemic was coming to a close. I think there were a lot of signs pointing towards this one getting delayed, It is a bummer we're finding out this late in the game, but and it hasn't been officially stated yet. It's just, it seems like that's what's coming.
0: Yeah, the report we're reading is from Jason Schreier, and I generally take what he says pretty seriously. Yeah. I think,
1: I mean, I might be wrong, but when it comes to AAA titles, if they're set for a release date, say, holiday 2021, and it's already halfway through the year without a, like even at least a month set for the release. I I feel like it's just a good enough thing to just go ahead and say that it's probably gonna be delayed. Like I said, could be wrong. And I mean, if it makes the game better, I'm fine with it being delayed.
2: And you know what they always say: a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever yep. bad. Quote by Mr. Mario Nintendo Delaying a game is bad It is always bad Delayed games are bad Quote by Shikiro Miyamoto
1: (laughs) Speaking of delays As we all know, Black Widow got delayed By like a whole year because of the pandemic And eventually Was also on Disney Plus Premier Access, whatever it's called Black Widow got Um, delayed
0: so much I've seen it and I'm still not sure If it's gonna come out
1: (laughs) (laughs) But Because of it getting put on Disney Premier Access long after, like, contracts for actors were already drawn up, there was nothing in these contracts stating payment through Disney Plus revenue. So, uh, Scarlett Johansson, as you know, who plays Black Widow, is suing Disney because of how much money she lost out on because of it being on Disney Premier Access.
2: I think that you have every right to trace down every even potential breach of contract that would come, especially from one of the largest and notoriously greediest corporations out there. I think,
0: I don't think of this in this case, it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, it's, they got, it's not just a breach of contract. They got screwed over.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Or oh,
0: she yeah, got yeah. screwed over. <laughs> yeah. You know, like she just straight up lost out on a bunch of money that she was, already promised essentially
1: yeah i think i might be wrong about this but i'm pretty sure she made 20 million from revenue and lost out on a potential like 50 million from revenue yeah like 50 million on top of the 20 it's
0: not like it's not like it's hard to tell how much money they made from black widow because even if you have you know disney plus you still had to pay separately to watch black widow right
1: yeah, it was like thirty dollars.
0: So they have the numbers. They know how much money they made from digital sales of Black Widow. I think she's in he has every right to sue over this. I think uh I hope she wins. Yeah. And it's also
1: I mean I definitely agree with it's that. It's
2: also one of those things where like I'm not going to comment on the actual lawsuit itself. Because I don't know what specific verbiage. Disney uses for these kinds of things. They could have themselves totally covered legally. But I'm all for. Anyone fighting back on stupid contract. Stuff like this. Like,
0: Well she probably signed her contract. In like what. When did Iron Man 2 come out? 2009?
2: Oh yeah I'm sure this goes back years yeah. and years. And that's probably why it's. Revenue based. Instead of a flat rate. Because I think if if they would have known what the mcu would become i think they would have all been being paid flat rates from the start it's not every day that you sign your name on a piece of paper and then make 200 million 300 million dollars for being in the movie avatar
0: wow rest in peace mark Wahlberg. (laughs) (laughs) so this next headline is
2: we we, we got new fort news what's
0: that what was that tyrant uh was that the fort news siren (laughs) (laughs) letting me know that there's some hot juicy fortnite news coming up some fort Uh, news if you will
2: fortnite has everyone they got fortnite jonesy they got a guy that's in a banana suit they They got, got
0: that dance from that
2: episode of scrubs they got all the big names across all media and now someone new is joining the fray. Who?
0: Hmm. It's Idris Elba. I, I mean, Idris what? Bloodsport. Elba.
2: <laughs> as Bloodsport from the Suicide Squad. Now, I'm not super familiar with Bloodsport as a character, other than a little bit of research I have done on him since his unveiling that he would be in the Suicide Squad movie. And um, I just got to say. Fortnite has had some pretty ruthless killers from some wild universes and uh, this might be the worst fit for Fortnite yet. <laughs> like
1: what's Bloodsport's whole thing? He's got a cool helmet. I can assume it's not great. His name is Bloodsport, but uh give me a, give me a little info on this dude.
2: Okay, let's turn over to the Wikipedia because this dude's got some stuff going on. Holy hell. I'm gonna give you just the first sentence of his biography. It goes in a direction I would have never expected in a million years. So his name, this is Robert Deboy. He was. Is the it Deboy
0: or Dubois?
2: Let's go with Dubois based on the fact that he's French Canadian. So Robert Dubois is a Vietnam draft evader who had a mental breakdown and became obsessed with the Vietnam War after learning that his brother had gone in his stead.
0: <laughs> just that sentence. <laughs> I like it because the next sentence says that he still got drafted later. Yeah. <laughs> but when he got drafted, he moved to he moved to Canada.
2: Anyways, he just seems like a really weir- weird choice thematically to be appearing in Fortnite, but
0: He's got a cool costume, that's all they care about. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I mean, they got the Xenomorph in there, it's no big deal anymore. Okay, y'all, I got a really good transition for this next headline. So how many characters do you think there are in Fortnite now? Because if I had to guess, it's probably like 20,000. (laughs)
0: 20,000?
2: Which, coincidentally is the number of units of the new Playdate console that sold in 20 minutes at the time of its pre-order starting.
0: The Playdate's an interesting console. Seamless. Because (laughs) they were just like, what if we had a Game Boy, but also it had a hand crank on the side? (laughs) Yeah. And it only came in yellow.
1: Uh, I do just want to say real quick that according to this article, as of... Sometime in uh, July of 2021, there were 1,080 skins in Fortnite.
2: Dang, that is so many That's more than you I actually thought. now. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: I thought there were six. It's all Jonesy. I game.
2: thought there were 20,000, like I just said.
1: Anyway, tell me about this Playdate, because I have no idea what okay, it is. Okay, so the Playdate is a new console
2: made by the company Panic, and it's, on the surface, probably like one of the weirdest looking little gadgets I've seen in a very long time. It very closely resembles the Game Boy, if the Game Boy was just a square. And, like, mechanically, just the Game Boy. It's got a D-pad and an A and a B button, and that is it. And it has a black and white pixel display. It's nothing fancy, like, mechanically. But it's just designed to be this very approachable, very simple but very unique gaming experience where you can play these games that are inspired by the classics or you can use their companion app to design your own games in like a very simple, straightforward drag and drop design structure. And like if you were to just hand me one of these things with no context, I would have no interest in it whatsoever but knowing why it's being made and what people are going to be using it for i think it's actually like a really cool little piece of tech that i think has a lot of a lot of big ideas that i would really love to see actually acted upon
0: you forgot to mention the most important part the hand crank which is really the only part of it that's all that interesting to me yeah it's got a hand so, crank it's got a hand why? crank on the side that's part of it why so
2: some games, so you can
0: use a hand crank in the game. Some games will use a hand crank.
2: It's interesting. Like, one, it looks very, very weird. And two, they've actually lined up some pretty significant games to come out on this. And there are going to be new free games released on it every single week for the first, like, yeah, the first three months of the games, of the console's lifespan. So there are going to be new games out of this thing by actual game developers every week and people are going to be able to make their own games for it in this very approachable way and just like across the board it just seems like like a lot more interesting of a concept than i expected it to be
0: arthur the hit television show for children is ending after 25 seasons I know what you're thinking. Yeah, that was like six years ago. And no, it's actually next year.
1: <laughs> it's actually six years from now.
0: Yep, yeah, they decided they're they're done with Arthur. PBS is like, Arthur is no more. We're canceling it. Uh, and Arthur said, no. You're giving us one more season at the very least before you cancel it, or else.
2: I'm just now realizing... I thought that I watched Arthur a lot as a kid, but now that I'm trying to actually think of something about Arthur, I have nothing.
0: His sister's name was DW. There we go. That's a thing. (laughs) Capcom is asking folks if they're interested in a new Ace Attorney game. I mean, they just got one, but like another one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they just released one in America. I think Ace Attorney Chronicles is a few years old in Japan.
2: That sounds right. We've gotten them all late.
0: Uh they added they added a survey to their website and it's just like, hey, do you like Ace Attorney? And if so, like, which parts? <laughs> and uh I I guess they're going to make one based off of what people say they like.
1: Look. I've never played an Ace Attorney game. I don't know what's about them. I can obviously gather the fact uh, you play as an attorney. Um, so, you know what, I'll just go ahead and say it. Yeah, sure, make make another one. <laughs> this is my endorsement to do it. That's all you needed to be able to make another
0: one. So You know, Jackson, I think there are a lot of people like you. People that haven't seen an Ace Attorney game or haven't played an Ace Attorney game. How could we reconcile this? We have the solution. Anybody that wants to see what the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, the newest Ace Attorney game, looks like, to tune in to our tips, our, <laughs> our Twitch stream, whenever it happens. Keep an eye on our Twitter for more information. Uh, you can look us up on Twitch. We're Totally Biased Media.
2: And if you want to see that first stream that Jason said, find us on OnlyFans slash Totally Biased Media. <laughs> i'm gonna cut that part (laughs) we'll tweet out some information about when we're going to be streaming and everything okay but that's enough not talking about pokemon because i want to do some more talking about pokemon but pokemon news aplenty this week we found out that that new pokemon snap dlc is incoming which is interesting for two reasons one this wasn't one of those things they really advertise beforehand like they normally do most games they say like before it ever even releases it's releasing this week and here's you know the post-release content schedule this game just kind of dropped and then didn't say anything about dlc and then it was like surprise we got some pretty big dlc coming and three
0: new maps 20 new pokemon
2: the other thing that's interesting is one of the maps specifically will have you shrinking down and looking at what are normally very small Pokemon up close, real big. And I'm just very excited about that prospect for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm just envisioning that being extremely cool.
0: (laughs) Hey, I I got a funny joke. (laughs) Honey, I shrunk the Neo one. Is that a
2: reference to something? (laughs)
0: the neo it's the name of the it's it's the name of the car in new pokemon snap it's the neo one
2: yeah but why'd you say the word honey uh uh it's
0: like it's like a it's like that rick moranis movie
2: space balls
0: (laughs) space (laughs) balls
2: but yes there is a very honey i shrunk the kids vibe uh to this this one new level which i'm very excited about and i'm i'm really looking forward to this this is a game that i kept telling myself after like i I don't think i've played this game since we talked about on the podcast and i keep telling myself i need to and then i just don't so i think this is finally a good reason to jump back in like proper
0: well you know what i'm tired of seeing pokemon on you know the switch Or, you know, just in a handheld game, more or less. I want to see some more real Pokemon, like in Detective Pikachu. You got anything that might scratch that itch? No. Oh, okay.
2: But Netflix does. Oh? (laughs) So, Netflix has picked up a new story, a new series of live-action Pokemans. And we got some big names working on it. Specifically, Lucifer's Joe Henderson, who for some reason was like, hey, Netflix, you know how I work on this hypersexual show about the devil? And Netflix is like, yeah, what else do you want to work on? And Joe Henderson said, this children's animated series. And Netflix said, you got it.
1: You think that he finished making Lucifer so he could make this?
2: That, that was, was like, why I was trying to done. wrap up Lucifer as quickly as possible.
0: <laughs> if if we have anything to go off of based on how The Legend of Zelda went, I don't see this going anywhere.
2: No, and I I don't see this going anywhere because they're going to realize how huge of an undertaking this is the amount of cgi that is going to have to go into this movie or this series is going to be absurd for a for a uh, tv series as compared to a movie like
0: well it it is a netflix series yeah and
2: like they're gonna have the generally it's probably only gonna be six or eight episodes
0: and it'll be shorter season I, I don't think it'll be money that stops it. I think that they're going to start working on it, and then Nintendo's going to get cold feet and pull out again.
2: Or Nintendo's going to try and control it in a way where it's just not interesting
0: anymore. I think Nintendo is still scared because of what happened with the Super Mario Bros. movie.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I'm surprised we got Detective Pikachu,, yeah. but I'm guessing Detective Pikachu is the entire reason that this movie's or this TV series is going to happen at all,
2: yeah, I think that's a definite I think that's a definite possibility. it it's weird because i I didn't expect Detective Pikachu to be anything more than like a visual spectacle. And it was actually like a pretty good movie. Like I actually enjoyed it. and I guess maybe I am thinking that if they were to make the series it would have to be like that. And it I guess it doesn't. Like there are there are live action Pokemon things that could look very different and not require that level of detail and would still be fine. But I still think like they we've seen what live action Pokemon can look like, so I think they're going to try real hard to replicate that. For better or for worse
1: Well I mean the IGN article Does say that reports say That the series is aiming to Replicate Detective Detective Pikachu Not like How it wants to replicate it It just says aiming to replicate it So uh, this is definitely something Good to go off of (laughs) Uh,
0: I think That it's about time we get Danny DeVito As Pikachu
2: (laughs) It's long overdue
0: now, Danny DeVito, he said repeatedly he doesn't know what a Pikachu is. I think he's lying. I think it's because he's been in talks for this role for this show that just got picked up, possibly. <laughs> he's He's been planning on it for years.
2: Also, doesn't know what a Pikachu is? That seems a little suspicious. If I came to he's you... He's the penguin. If I came to you and were just like, I want you to star in this series you're going to make a bunch of money but you can't tell anyone about it. I think the response I would give when someone asked I'd be like, movie? What's a movie? (laughs) Whereas if like, if that conversation had never happened and someone came to me and was like, hey are you going to be in this movie? I'd be like no?
0: (laughs) Danny DeVito's an interesting guy though. It's hard to say. I... (laughs) I don't actually think he's working on this. No.
2: No, not not likely, but you know. <music> That's all our headlines for this week. Now let's get into something just as important. Jackson, what else have you been into? Okay,
1: I'm going to keep this short, very short because I talked about it two weeks in a row. I finished season four and five, season three and four of arrow Season three, okay. Season four, somewhere between bad and okay. That's all I'm going to say. Now, I was hoping that this week I'd be playing the... And by this week, I mean yesterday and earlier this morning. That I'd be playing the Halo Infinite beta. But I sadly did not get uh, invited to it. So instead, I've just been playing Minecraft. What uh,
0: the heck, Microsoft? We offer you pre-advertising and you say we didn't that you didn't invite us to halo infinite
2: for some reason my mind went to uh jackson like sitting on the bed in like a prom dress and then like crying <laughs> and when someone comes into the room and's like what's wrong he's just like i didn't get invited to the halo infinite beta
1: <laughs> which I will say, like, so they've done these sort of betas for a while now through the Xbox Insider program, which is essentially just a beta tester program. But the other ones have not had, like, huge amounts of members signed up because they've been for smaller things, like simple patches and changes. But this one had a lot of people sign up since it was the first time they had, like, access to a brand new game. So I'm not too surprised I didn't get into it, but still kind of disappointed. So, like I said, yeah, uh, I've been playing Minecraft instead. I love that game. Um,
2: Tell I mean, me about Minecraft. it. I know nothing about Minecraft.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, Is it's... that the game where you. Uh... Hmm. No, you can pretty much do anything in that game. Yeah. Dang. I, that was hard. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's why. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's Minecraft. You either know it or you don't. Um, Jason, what have you been doing? <laughs> i just
2: want to say i don't play minecraft i play it's much superior sequel roblox
0: you want to know what i've been doing this week um well you put 25
2: hours into legend of zelda skyward sword so i'd imagine not much else
0: yeah i managed to put 25 hours into a game in one week while working a full-time job so i i actually haven't done anything this week (laughs) Um, I've been watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia still. Uh, I got Abby to watch Harley Quinn with me, uh, and she seems to really like it. Uh, I've already seen the first two seasons, uh, and they're working on a third season, so I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, But we're watching the second season now, and I think she's going to be a little upset when we finish What's Up. Uh... It'll be exciting to see season 3 whenever it comes out. Is there a release date on that? I don't think so. I guess The only still... thing I really know about it is what's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah.
2: Batman and his bedroom habits. It's really just disappointing across the board.
0: <laughs> Can't believe that Batman and DJ Khaled have so much in common. <laughs> uh
2: Okay, well, speaking of two totally unrelated things happening... um, No, that doesn't really track. Anyways, (laughs) I... What have you been up to, Jordan? (laughs) (laughs) I have not felt great the last week, so I have done very little, including in the work department. And one thing that I always do as, like, my... mm, I guess, like, my comfort hobby specifically is playing the game Borderlands 2 while listening to the Adventure Zone podcast. <laughs> and because I have not been feeling well, I have been doing a lot of that. And it's great because I know Borderlands 2 like the back of my hand. Like, I don't have to pay any attention to it to still have a good time with it and i've already listened to the adventure zone balance twice over so my third time through i was able to tune out some of the stuff a little bit without while still being able to keep up with like the overarching story pretty well and like those complement each other pretty well but when uh you end up on the finale of the adventure zone at the same time that a very important death scene in borderlands 2 happens it's a real recipe just to be real upset for the rest of the day (laughs) and i did shoot myself in the foot in that way earlier this week um so so that's been fun i'm starting uh i'm about halfway through a second playthrough of borderlands 2 now and i'm listening to the adventure zone amnesty the second arc so so yeah it's it's good stuff i recommend both they are about as different as two properties can be but uh Good stuff. Both very funny. Uh, Adventure Zone has not aged as poorly as some of the humor in Borderlands 2 has. So that one might hold up a little better for people just starting off. But you know how it goes.
1: Wow. I can't believe you just did free advertising for a competing podcast.
2: Yes. We are competing with the Adventure Zone. An actual play D&D podcast.
0: Keep an eye out for the totally biased media live play D&D podcast where we're, we're, we're going to play D&D and uh there we're brothers we'll get our dad in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh
2: it's one of those things where I now based on other podcasts that I listen to I understand that If we do this long enough, we will eventually have to play Dungeons & Dragons on the podcast. It's just how these things work. Okay, well, we gave you two reviews, a whole mess of headlines, our week in review. So now, all that's left is to close out the Totally Biased Media podcast. If you would like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at tbmcast, on Instagram at totallybiasedmedia. You can send us an email to totallybiasedmedia at gmail.com. And now, starting very soon, you'll be able to find us on Twitch, just totallybiasedmedia.
1: You can also find us on TikTok, I think... At a totally biased media, there are no posts, so it doesn't really matter. But you can you can find also us there. find
0: us on the street if you happen to be in the same neighborhood as one of us, and we're both walking on the sidewalk. True. Um, you can find us on LinkedIn
1: individually. At least
0: two of us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not there yet, guys. Let's see. Sorry. Where else can they find us? they could probably find us on google maps
2: if you looked hard (laughs) enough yeah you can find me in my home um i would rather you not (laughs) um but anyways we will be streaming some some stuff we have a couple things planned but we're definitely going to be doing a stream of the great ace attorney chronicles um which i just learned this week is the same series that phoenix writes from i'd I know so little about this series. So it's going to be Even fun I knew that. watching us stumble through this nonsense. Uh, so that's going to be on August 7. Yes. And I, I
1: will be there for this, so I'll just go ahead and let you know. Won't be as good as the podcast is. <laughs> so if
0: you're looking for Jackson content, you can find him <laughs> on elsewhere. <laughs> you might find
1: me at a beach.
0: I won't tell you which beach. If you find me, I'll give you my left shoe. You know what, you can probably guess which beach it is. Anybody that wants to collect Jackson's left shoe, we've given enough information. You could probably figure out what beach he's going to be at. Yeah. Uh, you're just going to have to narrow it down from there. You're also going to have to figure out what he looks like. But we do use our real names on the podcast, so that should be pretty easy, too. Yeah, yeah. Actually, then you can probably find our address.
2: Oh, no. No. All right. Well, for the Totally Biased
0: Media Podcast, I'm Jordan Walkup. I'm Jason Simmons.
1: And I'm Jackson
0: Walkup. And you just felt the bias. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye.